Welcome to the SecureVote.News podcast, where we review stories that have recently appeared on our website, SecureVote.News, your election integrity, news, and advocacy location on the web. Let's get to the show. Some music, and you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. We have Lou Moore here from the from SecureVote.News as I turn down this uh, music. And welcome, Lou, to the studio. SecureVote.News is simply the website you must visit every day or so to stay abreast of current news and events and opportunities in the world of election integrity, or the lack thereof. Posted there are links to radio shows, short news articles, advocacy petitions, and much, much more. Lou, good morning. Good morning, Lowell. How are you? Whoops, let me turn up your mic. There we go. Let's say that again, Lou. <laughs> hello, 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 Lolf. There we go. Thank you very much. We really appreciate your coming in every week to be with us. 9.15 every Tuesday morning for all the best from SecureVote.News with Lou Moore. You betcha. <laughs> and Lowell, today we have a number of technology-related stories at SecureVote.News uh, on a morning where there's been a couple of glitches at KTalk and Mm -hmm. Uh, My phone's sitting here next to a mic playing music I've never heard in my life. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) sorry about that. No worries. Anyhow, so first one, um, pretty interesting story coming out of New Hampshire. A uh, Democrat operative has admitted to putting together an AI fake voice of Joe Biden that was sent out on several thousand robocalls telling the New Hampshire Democrat voters not to vote in the Democratic primary. And, you know, he claims he was doing this for his unknown candidate, Dean Phillips, oh, really? who, is, who was running against Biden. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a story didn't mention this, but I was thinking a little bit about Nikki Haley when I heard the story. But anyway, he admitted to doing this. And he also said he did a test run in South Carolina using Lindsey Graham's voice uh, on another issue. And he said the response rate was four times normal. Now, robocalls don't get a huge response rate. No. So, anyway, we're going to have a lot more of this kind of shenanigans that is going to affect Mm. people's behaviors, it looks like, uh, as we come into the 2024 general election. It's a good warning to the wise, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, expect AI robocalls that may or may not be from who you think they are. Yeah, so, and we've got a couple of other stories as well. One of them, pretty interesting uh, somebody has figured out, and once they started looking, it wasn't hard to figure out, that bots, uh, little computer program things that aren't really people, are donating thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to both Republican and Democratic uh, campaigns. The woman that uh, she posted this up on X uh, is talking about a fellow who is 65 years old lives in a 962-square-foot house in Clawson, Michigan. So he's kind of a humble fellow living in a small home. But he made 15,600 separate donations to political campaigns, if you believe the 2019 to 2023 FEC records. So So what's wrong with that picture? And I have to say, all those donations went to Republicans. Oh, interesting. But she had plenty of examples of Democrats, too. So it looks like behind the scenes, people are playing games and laundering a lot of extra money 
into the election process mm-hmm. that evidently doesn't belong there. I don't think this fellow gave 15,600 separate donations, although he could just be public spirited in his <laughs> retirement. So I thought that was actually a very interesting story. And if you go click on the story at securevote.news, you can see lists of politicians and political action committees that appear to have benefited uh-huh. from this new technology. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, the money has to come from somewhere. So did it come from the guy's own bank account? Uh, no. No? No. So the bottom- oh, No, no, no. This guy didn't donate any of these. Oh, well, they how- just used... Hmm. I mean, he may have made a donation. They took his information. And, you know, these are not large donations individually, mm-hmm. but they took his information and say, you know, Joe Smith, he donated over here, and then he donated over here. And, oh. you know, if you don't aggregate all of the donations in the FEC reports, you're not going to notice that he made 15,000 donations from his 900-square-foot house. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, there's, that's a problem. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, pretty interesting. And then in Nevada, this has been on the news. This has been a big national news story, mm-hmm. uh, and this is also maybe involving technology, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of Republicans trying to keep up with the Secretary of State in Nevada after the shenanigans that actually I think some of our listeners saw firsthand in the 2020 election down there, down in Vegas and places like that. Anyhow, they were seeing that people were recorded on the Secretary of State's website as voting in the 2024 primary except they didn't vote in the primary. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, at first, the Secretary of State, being like most politicians, blamed the county uh, clerks. Oh, they're not giving us right information. This is a terrible thing. We're going to investigate. But it came out not too long after that that computers weren't talking to each other correctly within the Secretary of State's office. It's all a glitch, folks. Nothing to see here. Move along, move along. And, of course... That might be true, but this gets back to something Lowell Nelson brings up all the time. Mm. Why do we have all this electronic crap in the middle of our election process mm. when we could do this in a very simple way, precinct by precinct, mm-hmm. with hand counts, observers, mm-hmm. a decentralized total that then can be aggregated? No. And we know the election is clean. And no single point of failure because the work is distributed among the thousands of precincts across the country. In Utah, we have 2,500 precincts, roughly speaking. And each precinct then can count those ballots by hand. They can report the totals to public. Public can watch. It's all very transparent. And you know, because if you're a poll watcher and you sit and watch that ballot box the whole day, you know nothing else is going into that box, and therefore nothing else gets counted. It was empty to start with in the morning. It was full at night, and only those ballots get counted. You know it hasn't been stuffed. You know you know that it's, it's going to be a valid election, as long as the people who vote are registered voters. You know, And you've got election judges volunteering to make sure of that, that people who vote in your precinct actually live in your precinct. They're not dead. And they're not illegally there. So, so many wonderful safeguards in a precinct hand-counting election system that we envision, Lou. Yep. So, Lowell, unfortunately, Los Angeles County doesn't seem to agree with us on this. Mm. This is yet another story that you can find at securevote.news from Mm -hmm. the Daily Breeze in the South Bay area of Los Angeles, reporting on L.A. County's brand-new super-duper mega-sized 
ballot processing center that they're putting in only law only to make sure our elections are secure mm. and have integrity. That's why they're doing this huge complex yeah. to process ballots in L.A. County. And definitely a single point of failure there. If you're a hacker or if you're a surreptitious politician, you only have one place to go to to hack the election. So that's the big, big, big problem. And with this big, big data process, our election processing center, Lou. Yeah, and of course, if we go back to Dr. Halderman's report, uh, some erstwhile employee can stick a thumb drive in a number of machines in that complex, and likely, I mean, I'm not familiar with the exact technology, mm-hmm. but from what we've been told, it's likely that they can start doing shenanigans across the entire centralized system, mm-hmm. not just at their immediate workstation. Yeah, in fact, they they can connect to these things wirelessly so that they can hack them from outside the building if they want. So yep. lots of shenanigans uh, can be played when we deal with electronic equipment. True enough. So, Lowell, I'm just going to sneak in a quick commercial. Awesome. <laughs> for our other website, the one we've just launched called newsforamerica.org. That's newsforamerica.org. And if you you click on that right now, you can see a story that we just posted about how South Dakota farmers are fighting to keep a carbon sequestration pipeline off of their land. And, uh, well, we don't have time to get into it right now, but uh, go to uh, go to newsforamerica.org. We also have a story where Yale is now telling us that, oops, there's not 11 million illegal aliens in the country. There is at least 22 million. Mm. And, of course, I think we know that number is not right either. But, anyway, a lot of news stories of that type at newsforamerica.org. And I might say that that's, uh, the, 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 the word for is spelled out there. So it's news, F-O-R, America, News for America. Dot org. Right. Thanks, Lowell. And so I guess our wrap-up story is one that we've covered before up in Muskegon, Michigan, population 38,000. I don't know if the listeners remember, but one day uh, before the 20 election, uh, 2020 election, a woman walked into the registrar's office with 12,500 applications for voting for registration wow. with identical signatures and th- and things like that. Uh-huh. And uh, that brought in the state police. That brought in the postal inspector. Uh, there was an investigation of this company that this woman worked for, GBI. Uh, this was like an open and shut case. They were also operating in several other states. But it's all been handed to the FBI, who has done exactly nothing mm-hmm. about this. Yikes. So Gateway Pundit uh, put a story up that we linked at securevote.news mm-hmm. uh, about a major, major election integrity story with a lot of evidence, police reports, uh, paper trail, and, and a witness. Mm-hmm. We talked about this witness that came forward maybe two months ago on this uh, broadcast. Mm-hmm. And so far, not so much. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty serious thing. You know, the the other story that I like, uh, Lou, there was the San Joaquin County. Um, oh. There, <laughs> they uh, they they want to up election security because San Juan San Joaquin County stepping up to secure votes after a former Lodi city leader was accused of stashing dozens of ballots at his home and using uh, his email and phone number to register nearly fifty people. 
Yes, well, Lola and I, uh, I spoke to a group the other day, and I told them we report an is- a mm-hmm. story like this virtually every week. Every week. If not more than one every week. Mm-hmm. There's no voter fraud in America. It's all over the place, folks. <laughs> I do have to correct one thing, Lola. If you were a Credence Clearwater fan, you would know that this fellow... Mr. Shakir, what's his name? Shakir Khan. Khan mm-hmm. was stuck in Lodi again. <laughs> and so, yeah, he was a city councilman in Lodi, California, and racked up, convicted of 14 felonies for election integrity violations, election fraud, mm-hmm. and 77 felonies altogether. He was a busy fellow at Lodi. Well, and he was running for city council there yeah. in Lodi. No one for re-election. Involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Well, and and one more story I want to hit uh, is the uh, the one about CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Yes. They knew well in advance of the 2020 election that the that the uh, uh, mail-in ballots were problematic. They were at risk of fraud. Uh big big story out of there. I mean, is how you say it, CISA? CISA, or some people say CISA. CISA. And I can't even remember what that acronym stands for. It's the Federal Cyber Watchdog Agency. And uh, uh, the head of that agency famously uh, testified before Congress that the 2020 election was the safest and most accurate election Mm -hmm. ever in the history of the United States. But this is showing that they, they did not believe that that was true. Yeah, exactly right. They knew that mail-in and absentee voting were less secure than in-person voting, confirming warnings by the former President Trump and others of increased fraud. They shared these concerns with mainstream media outlets during an unclassified media tour the Friday before the 2020 election. However, the mainstream, which I love to call the lamestream media, having derided the notion that vote-by-mail was less secure than in-person voting, covered up. The truth. Imagine yeah, yeah. As did that agency after the election. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Well, uh, you know, we need to get back control of our elections. As, as, you, as you know, Lou, we talk about this every week. We need to have uh, people doing their own casting of ballots on election day and their own counting of their hand-cast, right, paper ballots. Easy to count. Easy to cast, no, no, no hanky panky electronic shenanigans. And with the change at the RNC, Lowell, Rana is out. We didn't mm-hmm. cover that story, but if you remember, we did cover the story that all 168 members of the Republican National Committee last August said that they were supporting the idea of paper ballots counted in the precinct, photo ID, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. We need to. Put their feet to the fire, anybody out there that's a Republican, mm-hmm. and make sure that your member of the RNC, that your state and local leaders are pushing this day and night. Absolutely right. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Lou. You've been listening to SecureVote.News Radio, a 15-minute summary of the most important stories appearing on SecureVote.News. You can listen to us live streamed at 9.15 a.m. Mountain Time each week. Go to the website for more information. You can also listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. For Lowell Nelson, my name is Lou Moore. Thank you.